Good morning. It's a privilege to be able to present to you all a brother who walked through that highway and came to his eternal home at the end of it. It's long, so I don't have a whole lot of introductory material, but I want you to pay attention to his character, his conduct, his reputation, and what his priorities were. His name was Dr. Rowland Taylor, vicar of Hadley in Suffolk. He was also alive during the time of the reign of uh, the Bloody Queen Mary of England. He was a man of eminent learning and had been admitted to the degree of doctor of the civil and canon law. His attachment to the pure and uncorrupted principles of Christianity recommended him to the favor and friendship of Dr. Cranmer, Archbishop of Canterbury, with whom he lived a considerable time until through his interest he obtained the living at Hadley. Not only was his word a preaching unto them, but all his life and conversation was an example of unfeigned Christian life and true holiness. He was void of all pride, humble and meek as any child, so that none were so poor, but they might boldly, as unto their father, resort unto him. Neither was his lowliness childish or fearful, but, as occasion, time, and place required, he would be stout in rebuking the sinful evildoers, so that none was so rich, but he would tell them plainly his fault, with such earnest and grave rebukes as became a good curate and pastor. He was a man very mild, void of all rancor, grudge, or evil will, ready to do good to all men, readily forgiving his enemies, and never sought to do evil to any. To the poor that were blind, lame, sick, bedrid, or that had many children, he was a very father, a careful patron, and a diligent provider, insomuch that he caused the parishioners to make a general provision for them. And he himself, beside the continual relief that they always found at his house, gave an honest portion yearly to the common alms box. His wife also was an honest, discreet, and sober matron, and his children were well nurtured, brought up in the fear of God and good learning. He was a good salt of the earth, savorly biting the corrupt manners of evil men, a light in God's house, set upon a candlestick for all good men to imitate and follow. That's his reputation. Thus continued this good shepherd among his flock, governing and leading them through the wilderness of this wicked world all the days of the most innocent and holy king of blessed memory, according to John Fox, Edward VI. But on his demise and the succession of Queen Mary to the throne, he escaped not the cloud that burst on so many beside. For two of his parishioners, Foster, an attorney, and Clark, a tradesman, out of blind zeal, resolved that mass should be celebrated in all its superstitious forms in the parish church of Hadley on Monday before Easter. This Dr. Taylor, entering the church, strictly forbade, but Clark forced the doctor out of the church, celebrated mass, and immediately informed the Lord Chancellor Bishop of Winchester of his behavior, who summoned him to appear and answer the complaints that were alleged against him. The doctor, upon the receipt of the summons, cheerfully prepared to obey the same and rejected the advice of his friends to fly beyond the sea. When Gardner, the bishop, saw Dr. Taylor, he, according to his common custom, reviled him. Dr. Taylor heard his abuse patiently, and when the bishop said, How darest thou look me in the face, 
Knowest thou not who I am? Dr. Taylor replied, You are Dr. Stephen Gardner, Bishop of Winchester and Lord Chancellor, and yet but a mortal man. But if I should be afraid of your lordly looks, why fear ye not God, the Lord of us all? With what countenance will you appear before the judgment seat of Christ and answer to your oath made first unto King Henry VIII and afterward unto King Edward VI, his son? A long conversation ensued in which Dr. Taylor was so piously collected and severe upon his antagonist that he exclaimed, Thou art a blasphemous heretic. Thou indeed blasphemest the blessed sacrament. Here he put off his cap and speakest against the holy mass which has made a sacrifice for the quickened dead. The bishop afterward committed him into the king's bench. When Dr. Taylor came there, I love the providence of God, he found the virtuous and vigilant preacher of God's word, Mr. Bradford, who equally thanked God that he had provided him with such a comfortable fellow prisoner. Wonderful. Two brothers together. Wonderful. And they both together praised God yes. and continued in prayer, reading and exhorting one another. After Dr. Taylor had lain some time in prison, he was cited to appear in the arches of Bow Church. Dr. Taylor, being condemned, was committed to the clink, and the keepers were charged to treat him roughly. At night, he was removed to the poultry compter. When Dr. Taylor had lain in the compter about a week on the 4th of February, Bonner came to degrade him, bringing with him such ornaments as appertained to the massing mummery but the doctor refused these trappings until they were forced upon him. The night after he was degraded, his wife came with John Hall, his servant, and his son Thomas, and were by the gentleness of the keepers permitted to sup with him. After supper, walking up and down, he gave God thanks for his grace that had given him strength to abide by his holy word. With tears they prayed together and kissed one another. And to his son Thomas, he gave a Latin book containing the notable sayings of the old martyrs, what we're doing right now, but in their time. Yes. And in the end of that, he wrote his testament. I say to my wife and to my children, the Lord gave you unto me, and the Lord hath taken me from you and you from me. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. I believe that they are blessed which die in the Lord. God cares for sparrows, for the hairs of our heads. I have ever found him more faithful and favorable than is any father or husband. Trust ye therefore in him by the means of our dear Savior Christ's merits. Believe, love, fear, and obey him. Pray to him, for he hath promised to help. Count me not dead, for I shall certainly live and never die. I go before, and you shall follow after to our long home. On the morrow, the sheriff of London with his officers came to the compter by two o'clock in the morning and brought forth Dr. Taylor and without any light led him to the woolsack and in without Aldgate. Dr. Taylor's wife, suspecting that her husband should be that night carried away, watched all night in St. Batolph's church, church porch beside Aldgate, having her two children, the one named Elizabeth of 13 years of age, whom being left without father or mother, Dr. Taylor, had brought up of alms from three years old. The other named Mary, Dr. Taylor's own daughter. And when the sheriff and his company came against St. Batolph's church, Elizabeth cried, saying, 
Oh, my dear father, mother, mother, here is my father led away. Then his wife cried, Rowland, Rowland, where art thou? For it was a very dark morning that one could not well see the other. Dr. Taylor answered, Dear wife, I am here, and stayed. The sheriff's men would have led him forth, but the sheriff said, Stay a little, masters, I pray you, and let him speak to his wife. And so they stayed. Then came she to him, and he took his daughter Mary in his arms, and he, his wife, and Elizabeth kneeled down and said the Lord's Prayer, at which sight the sheriff wept apace, and so did diverse others of the company. And after they had prayed, he rose up and kissed his wife and shook her by the hand and said, Farewell, my dear wife. Be of good comfort, for I am quiet in my conscience. God shall stir up a father for my children. All the way, Dr. Taylor was joyful and merry, as one that counted himself going to a most pleasant banquet or bridal. He spake many notable things to the sheriff and yeomen of the guard that conducted him, and often moved them to weep through his much earnest calling upon them to repent and to amend of their evil and wicked living. Oftentimes he also caused them to wonder and rejoice to see him so constant and steadfast, void of all fear, joyful in heart, and glad to die. When Dr. Taylor had arrived at Aldham Common, the place where he should suffer, seeing a great multitude of people, he asked, What place is this, and what meaneth it that so much people are gathered thither? It was answered, It is Aldham Common, the place where you must suffer, and the people have come to look upon you. Then he said, Thanks be God, I am even at home. And he alighted from his horse, and with both hands rent the hood from his head. His head had been notched and clipped like as a man would clip a fool's, which cost the good Bishop Bonner had bestowed upon him. When the people saw his reverend and ancient face with long white beard, they burst out with weeping tears and cried, saying, God save thee, good Dr. Taylor. Jesus Christ strengthen thee and help thee. The Holy Ghost comfort thee with such other like good wishes. And when he had prayed, he went to the stake and kissed it and set himself into a pitch barrel, which they had put for him to stand in, and stood with his back upright against the stake with his hands folded together and his eyes toward heaven and continually prayed. They then bound him with the chains and having set up the bundles of sticks, one Warwick cruelly cast one at him, which struck him on his head and cut his face so that the blood ran down. Then said Dr. Taylor, O friend, I have harm enough. What needed that? Sir John Shelton, standing by as Dr. Taylor was speaking and saying the psalm in English, struck him on the lips. You knave, he said, speak Latin. I will make thee. Unmerciful enemies. At the last they kindled the fire, and Dr. Taylor, holding up both his hands, calling upon God, said, Merciful Father of heaven, for Jesus Christ, my Savior's sake, receive my soul into thy hands. And so he stood still without either crying or moving, with his hands folded together, until a gentleman with a halberd struck him on the head, and the corpse fell into the fire. Thus rendered up, rendered up this man of God his blessed soul into the hands of his merciful Father, and to his most dear Savior, Jesus Christ, whom he most entirely loved, faithfully and earnestly preached, obediently followed in living, and constantly glorified in death. This is what we know about him. This is the record that's been recorded for years. He's an example for us. Yes. 
to keep it short, I just had a, a few questions came to mind in this, and that's, what is your reputation? What is the reputation you aspire to have? What are the things that you do, and how do they help or hinder that reputation you aspire to? And what are your priorities? This man's it was the Lord Jesus Christ, and he died for it, and he always constantly encouraged others to it. Lord, help us to do the same. Yes.